Hall of Fame coaches, national champions, lottery picks, the best minds in basketball. Welcome into the sidelines with Evan Daniels. What's up, college basketball fans? Welcome back to the Sidelines Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Daniels, college basketball insider at FS1, as well as the director of basketball recruiting at 24-7 Sports. Today's episode is the 100th episode of the Sidelines Podcast and brought on a colleague from FS1, Doug Gottlieb, to talk about the Final Four, talked UCLA John Calipari, gave our picks. Before we get to that conversation, I want to make sure that you are subscribed and supporting the Sidelines podcast i ask that you go over to apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app make sure you hit the subscribe button for me it'd also be very helpful if you left a review would love for you to give us five stars you can also shoot me a note over on twitter or instagram the handle is at evan daniels now let's jump to that conversation with doug gottlieb it's time to go minimum with evan daniels send it in big fella now I'd like to bring in a friend of mine, Doug Gottlieb, host of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports, host of the All Ball podcast, a basketball analyst, and a, a really knowledgeable hoops guy. Doug, thanks for uh, jumping on the show. Anytime, Evan. Yeah, so I'm glad to have you, and uh, we're going to jump right in. Elite Eight, uh, awesome games. I mean, it was – I got to stay home and watch uh, from my home, and I, I watched pretty intently. It was a blast. Uh, just about every game came down to, to the last second shot. Yeah, you know, what's interesting is – a lot of times we do this, and, and these games were amazing, where we say, you know, these games were closer than any Elite Eight, and I think final score-wise, they were closer than any four Elite Eight games we'd ever had. Whereas in the past, I mean, I can tell you from my my team's game, I don't I remember we lost by 9 or 11 or something to Florida, but it was one of those, we were down 13, game was tied, Mike Miller came down, hit a three in transition, and like it was a back-breaking three type, type deal. So they all tend to come down to one or two possessions anyway, just these ones actually came to one or two possessions at the end of games. Well, what's maybe most amazing is, I bet if you, even people that are listening to your pod, which are huge basketball fans. Right. They've by the time they've downloaded this, they've forgotten like, hey, the Sweet Sixteen games are really good too. Yeah, like like Tennessee, <laughs> Purdue was nuts, yep. nuts, um, and and so was so was how about how about Virginia Tech having two open threes, shooting two air balls, and then air basically airballing an alley oop play that was a perfectly drawn up you know called play by Buzz Williams where they end up losing to Duke, but we forgot about that because yep. of the power of of what we've seen you know recency bias and Duke almost lose to. To UCF, yes. the, the game before. That was the weekend before. But right. like uh, what I've noticed, and this is, goes back to when I did games, was I always felt like Thursday games, the first Thursday games of the NCAA tournament and Sunday games are the ones that people pay most attention to. Like what happens on Friday kind of gets lost. And honestly, what happens on Saturday kind of gets lost. Like even right now, okay, we, we're recording this on Monday. Final Four is decided. We just right. saw the Duke. There's still kind of a buzz come from the Duke game was amazing. And what uh, was the one before that? The um, Tech was the day before. Tech was in the morning. The day Virginia. Virginia. Okay, so yeah, so the but the Virginia, Virginia was the Purdue night before. Game. Yeah, but but no one's talking about that game and fouling up three like Purdue did. You know, outside of people in Virginia, people were in in Indiana. Because of the last two, the Kentucky game, and it's Kentucky as well. Kentucky Auburn. And and Duke um, Duke ultimately losing what was yesterday. Have you ever seen the like that that in game scenario of Virginia and, and Purdue? It's really unlike anything I've ever seen. Like with five point three seconds left, the tap out from Salt. He, he, uh, Kia Clark makes that. 
half the court uh, pass. Half, pass. I mean, the awareness to make that pass, and then Diakite makes a shot he's probably never shot before. I mean, that that was crazy. It was crazy, and it's interesting. You know, you're going to get people who say, "Well, this is why you." So, so here's the here's the plus and the minus to fouling when you're up three. The plus is look for that to happen, and that game only went to overtime. You're up three points. Look at all the things that have to go in the favor of Virginia. You got to make the first free throw. A lot of mm-hmm. times guys are worrying about, do I miss the second free throw? Do I make the second free throw? While well, they're shooting the first free throw and they miss it and then it becomes a moot point, right? Then right. they have to intentionally miss the second free throw. So that's the first thing. The second thing is then you have to miss it and decide. And and he says he didn't mean to miss it. He just <laughs> short-armed it. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, then they got to tip it out. Then you got to get it. Then you got to make a play. Then you got to make a shot. Whereas if you're down three, and you have the ball, and they don't foul, all you got to do is make a three. That's it. On the other hand, all you got to do is stop them from making a three defensively. Um, The last thing is this. This is one that I brought up on Twitter that people – do you realize that Purdue could have violated lane violation as many times as they wanted until ultimately he made the free throw? Oh, wow. You just step in. As soon as he's dribbling, you step in the lane. So it's a lane violation because then as soon as the ball is shot, if he misses, you blow the whistle, automatically dead, you give him another shot. It's like a loophole in the rule, with wow. which ultimately they should. until And when somebody does it, they'll shore it up, but they've never shored it up. Well, look, the other crazy thing is, is Ryan Klein makes, a, makes both his free throws. The game's over. Uh-huh. It's, Who had an incredible shooting yeah. game? That, the shot making in that game was just oh. ridiculous. That game had everything. Yep. Everything. Um, let's, let's jump to the matchups. we got Texas Tech. Michigan State, what's what's your big takeaway? So I've seen both these teams in person a bunch. Mm-hmm. And as you know, because you spent the time with Texas Tech this weekend, mm-hmm. when you see a team in, you see a team up close. And I was while you were there, I was like texting those guys, whatever. Right. I love those guys. I love sure. the, I love how they do things. Did you hang out kind of in their room? Their no, 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 I room? was at home. Oh, okay. I was at home. Um, but I just loved watching the play. Oh, well, what what the, what Beer does is he goes and you know they get a everybody gets like a boardroom on the road, right? Mm-hmm. And not a boardroom, a um, conference room, whatever. A suite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not a suite, a conference room. Okay. You know, like downstairs okay. in a big. And they put up a bunch of TVs and they have all kinds of different snacks, like whatever snacks guys want, coaches and everything. But, and they just watch tape, watch ball, and then come up with ideas and talk. And they have a, you know, most, most uh, managers have to do this where they put, put the lines out with, with tape right. so they can walk through things. And you walk in and there'll be coaches, you know, they, they, he's got a bunch. He's got Sean Sutton's like an assistant to the head coach, Glenn Cyprian, those guys, and um, Mark Adams. Brian and they'll Brian. be like walking through like, hey, what if we do this? And, what if, and they just come up with stuff. It's like, a, it's like a basketball camp for coaches and for managers that's going on. And the players can come in and watch film anytime they want. Um, they're unbelievable defensively. They have really smart kids in that. And and the way he coaches, like, I would encourage other coaches that listen to your podcast, if you can go watch him practice. I, I, first time I saw his practice was uh, his first year at Tech. He was in the Cancun Challenge. And Cancun is a cool event because um, it's at the Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. And, and Puntacana? Or no, not no. no it's in Playa del, Car- Playa del Carmen or Cancun, really. And so, basically, like it's just a big. There's a ballroom, two ballrooms next to each other. One has a practice court. One has the gym. Got it. And so, like, if you're not lazy as a as a media guy, like you can just get up and go watch all the teams practice. Mm-hmm. And there was also that. There's also like there's like a JV tournament going to it as well. So I saw like Eastern Kentucky. There's a couple other Georgia State, a couple other good schools over there too. Um, 
he does this thing where uh, he's constantly first when he starts talking, he'll he'll always say eye contact, and like whatever anybody in the gym is doing, they stop and they make eye contact with him, and it's like you could hear a pin drop. It's amazing. <laughs> and then I've never um, heard that one. And then he so he'll go like eye contact, and he'll he has like trigger words to things that he wants them to do, and there's like five or six words whatever that he's constantly reiterating, and then he'll kind of coach in between, you know. And I just think they're expertly coached. I love watching Matt Mooney play; he's oh, total gosh. stud. Craig Smith, the the his former coach in South yeah. Dakota, is like, dude, kid's a complete stud. His skill level is absurd. He just he does everything well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dribble, pass, shoot, defend. Yes. Score the post, pass out of the post. You tweeted this, and I completely agree. I thought he's been their best passer. Oh, well, that's why he's taking the ball in bounds. I mean, you know, he's very confident. I mean, like, look, it's hard because you're like, I want him to both pass it in bounds against the press and catch it in bounds against the press. That's right. Yeah, you want him to shoot it too. Yes. <laughs> so, um, uh, but they're tremendous. I, I struggle with trying to figure out how, how they manage to play against the size of and thickness of the big guys for Michigan State. Mm-hmm. You know, because Michigan State plays three big guys. Right. Tillman's just a, you know, Tillman can, uh, so what they do is Tillman's always rolling and posting, and Goins is always popping. No matter what their actions are, that's what they do. Right. And then they're trying to create some sort of mismatch, one versus four, one versus five, uh, for Cassius Winston. Because he can't really get a step on guards but he can on bigs and then guards if they're smaller than him or thinner than him he'll go in and he'll kind of give him a little shoulder and that's kind of their whole offense and then when McQuaid's open they throw it to him he can shoot and then Aaron Henry's pretty good and then you know they bring bring Ward in off the bench who's just kind of classic low post but he's limited defensively I look at Texas Tech and they have one big guy with size and I so I I wonder how they handle that and Owens is pretty thin yeah, I mean, Tariq Owens is, what, what is he, 215? Maybe. 6'9", long, athletic, but right. thin. Right, and and he's really bought into his role as a rim protector. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I wonder how they compete there. On the other hand, I do like their guards, with the exception maybe of Moretti uh, covering Cassius Winston. I agree. You know, you got older guards, you got longer, you got Brandon Francis played a lot of basketball. You got uh, Matt Mooney's played a lot of basketball. Experience group. Experience group, and they're thick. And so when he tries to stick a shoulder into you, it's not like like it was Kihei Clark. I, I think Kihei Clark's as as pesky as he is. He's too he's too little for Cassius Winston. What's crazy is is their their least experienced guy is the the lottery pick. Yeah, yeah, Jared Culver. So um, I wonder how they, I, I wonder how Michigan State matches up with Culver. Um, I mean, they'll load up on him and make him pass the ball. And I wonder how. Texas Tech handles the size, the rebounding, yeah. right? Because that's what that's what Michigan State did to Michigan was they kicked the shit out of them on the glass. Right. And so when I was talking to those Texas Tech guys, they were like, how do we beat Michigan? I was like, honestly, if you don't turn it over, they can't beat you. Right. They just can't. They have no offense. And he knows it. That's why, they, that's why they've kind of changed what they do. So, you know, it becomes a you don't think Texas Tech's going to turn it over. So if you're Michigan State, you got to take your transition buckets when you get it. But they were able to beat a Michigan team that, you know, that scores the same way off of transition. Um, I do think they got a little bit more scoring options than a Michigan team. They have a little bit better shooting. I, I, I still think I, I feel like Michigan State finds a way to win the game, though. Just they, they won that tournament in Vegas. You and I, you went to that, right? I wasn't there. Okay. I watched it, though. Um, who was that? Carolina, Texas, and UCLA? Yeah. So they won that. 
win the Big Ten, win the Big Day tournament. Like, there's just something to this group. This is they a, just know how to win. It's as good of a coaching job I think he's done. Just when you consider the injuries they've endured. I mean, the truth is, is some of the games they've played, like, there's been a talent discrepancy, too. Now, obviously, they've had the best point guard. I think he's the best point guard in college basketball. I don't know your take. But that dude, for a college basketball team, the pace that he plays with, his ability to, to run he, a team. He never comes out. He never comes out. Like, I wouldn't take him out either. Well, like lawyer doesn't look like he lawyer can't play in this game. Well, they're just not. It's not comparable. It's you know. You, no, but I'm say, saying like, can you get him minutes? I know two minutes mean. here, right. three minutes there. Just get him a quick break. Yep. I just don't know how he. I mean, maybe you stick him on Moretti and 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 go like, all right, well he can't pressure him defensively, but right. God, they're so active defensively. I just I, I fear he he wouldn't he yeah. give him negative minutes. I thought Mark Few said it best when he called him handsy. Those dudes are just active they they compete they're yes. it, always in the right little, position but i mean a little bit of the this was you know a lot of what few did with this team was he would run middle isos mm -hmm. and and the re reason you run an iso in the middle of the court is or you run high low in the middle of the court is there's no help side right right you run a middle iso and the problem with it is the Texas Tech guys are so, like he said, handsy. You put it on the deck, and they're swiping. They're coming off, and they're daring you to be able to put it on the deck and then kick it off. And, you know, Rui's just not there yet. Brandon Clark's not there yet as far as being ball handlers and just way too many turnovers, right. way too many. So, I don't know. I guess I take Michigan State. I don't know. I, something tells me Texas Tech wins. I, this one's a hard one. I think it's a hard one, too. I, I'm taking Texas Tech. I couldn't really tell you why. I just I feel like that, there's something about that team I really like. The leadership, the defense. I think they can make shots do you uh, think he stays there it depends what's offered so but as I mean, of like this the, year the, i the, think the so the two that would be the most possible would be what texas and ucla right and texas is an opening up this year and no chance that he goes to virginia tech is that a better job no, but if you Especially get out with his background, like he's he's he knows that area so well in Texas. No, just, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying for Chris Beard. Oh, I'm saying for oh, Shaka, Shaka Smart. It's a good question. It's possible, I guess. Like, I, like the the people trying to run Shaka out. I get it. They've been disappointing, whatever. But you're always just like one season away. And look, Iowa State's gonna be down next year. Um, I think OU be a little better. K State will be down next year. I actually think they probably made the tournament if Roach was didn't question. play those last couple games. No question. Then you know, you, last year you have you know one wing Andrew Jones gets cancer, and uh, they very well could have won that first round game. They really should have won that. Game. I was at that game. They played in Nevada, I think. and and it yeah, and they had a big lead. So I mean, it just it it uh, it, it turns very very quickly. Mm -hmm. Probably lose Jackson Hayes. That'll hurt him. Loses Ostitkowski. Um but I, I don't know. I was just. It, I, I just it, he's a te he went to the University of Texas, he's in their league and he's kicking everybody's ass. And Texas has the biggest pockets in that league. Yeah. I just can't imagine that if they have any opportunity, they don't throw a bunch of money at. Yeah, I mean, I'll, that's who I would throw money at. If I was UCLA, that's who I'd be throwing money at right now. But yeah. it doesn't appear that they're going to go that route. So, uh, so you're taking Tech or Michigan State, or you just don't know? Do I have to take Tech? You don't I, have I to. You don't have to. I think I'm taking Tech. Okay. Or Michigan State. <laughs> I think I took them both today on TV. I think it'll be a great game. Um, it's going to be an awesome game. I'm going to take Michigan State. Okay. I just think they find a way to win. Okay. Well, Virginia-Auburn. Um, Virginia, 
we, we were talking about it a little earlier. Like this is a team that really you could make a case was should have been the favorite heading into the tournament. One of the best defensive teams in the country. They've got a bunch of guys that just understand their role, know how to play. Like Ty Jerome, I think you'll you'll appreciate this. I was talking about this with my buddies. Like I think he's that forty five year old man playing pickup yeah. that gets buckets. Every time you play, you can't figure out why he gets buckets, but yes. every time. Yeah, he moves like a 45-year-old man, and he is completely fearless. Yeah. And moving him really off the point is genius. He's so smart, too. Huh? He's a really smart player. Oh, yeah. But the way he uses his body. But I think uh, you got a little Cassius Winston to him, too, you know, where they know, you know, they, he knows, or a little Matt Mooney where they know how to post. They just know how to play basketball. Um, and Kyle Guy's kind of a wild card, right? He can run hot, can run cold. Yeah. He's going to shoot every time. Um, He's a confident kid. But I love, yes. I, and I love, I mean, K.A. Clark's amazing for what they do. Okay. For what they do and for he how could, they I play. don't think he could, I don't think he would be getting minutes like this on many teams in the country this year. No. Well, that's the, this is the mistake we make in the media a lot of times. And they're like, well, all these Pac-12 teams screwed up not offering Okay, well, first of all, he's a high academic kid, right? So he wasn't going to go to Wazoo. Right. He wasn't going to go to, like, Oregon State. I don't know if they, they didn't offer him, but they probably should have. I don't think anybody in the Pac-12 offered him. No, none of them offered him. And they needed a point guard, but I don't know if a kid who can go to Virginia, go to Harvard, is going to go to Oregon State. Just, you know, okay. keeping it real. Um, but, you know, and, you know, like, Cal had Paris Austin. Like, you know, like he's better than Paris Austin. Like, he's awesome. But he's also made to look a lot better because he has two great shot makers on the wings mm-hmm. and he has a pro at four. Yep. You know? So you put him on another team that doesn't have a lottery pick at the four and two big time shot makers at the wing and a coach that doesn't, isn't able to hide his weaknesses and exploit his strengths. And you're like, why do we take this five eight point guard from Southern California? You know, he should. Be I playing. mean, admittedly, that's what I was thinking when they took him. Yeah, yeah. I barely it, seen him play. But it's about fit. No question. It's about it's about fit. That's what kids don't understand these days. It is a hundred percent about fit. It's I think the they most important. It. Ah, some. I don't think all, but I think some. How do I fit with? You know, it's. How, how, you know, what coach do I fit with? They, I, I think what some make them say is, which coach do I vibe with? You right. know, like, who's my guy? Who's going to show me the most love? Yeah, who's going to show me the most love? That's like, what I hear in it. Who cares who comes to your right. AU game? Right. What do they run? Who, who, do you, who have you coached that I remind you of? You know? Who have you coached that I remind you of? Mm-hmm. And how are you going to play me just like that? Yep. And if you did, that's what I should, that's what you should be looking for when you're a kid. Yep, I agree. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie. Formerly known as Angie's List your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations, or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, They've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? 
from finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience. Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. And how about this with Virginia? T. Hunter Hunter, I didn't even think played well in the Elite. Actually, I thought he made a play to start the overtime, but I didn't think he played that well. No. No, he's had a lot of just he's had a lot of just kind of average. Um, the Diakite thing you brought it up on TV. I mean, I I did their games two years ago when he's a freshman, and they really liked him. They mm-hmm. really, I mean, super high IQ and basketball IQ, and he's been a little disappointing offensively for them. Like I think they thought he'd right. be a face up five, right? But you know, they've the last four years or so they've had rim protection, and that's changed it, mm-hmm. and it's changed how they've been able to defend. And now this year they've changed how they're playing offense. Got nine blocks the last three games. That's crazy. Yeah. So Virginia is taking on Auburn. Uh, they beat Kentucky without Chumo Kiki. I, honestly, I didn't think that they were going to be able to do that. I talked to. They didn't think they were. Gonna no, do I, I talked to Stephen Pearl this morning, uh, Bruce's son and assistant for Auburn, and he was kind of laughing about it. He's, he's like, "We just got a, a bunch of guards out there causing chaos," and he, he said their game plan was to try to make the game as fast as possible. They they lost to Kentucky twice, and he was raving about their half court defense. So they didn't want to let them get set, and they thought they did a good job of putting pressure on the guards in terms of Ashton Hagens, who did turn it over some. And then they even got P.J. Washington a couple times on, you know, doubles to turn it over. I, yeah. I thought they were awesome. No, they were awesome. They And, and I think that's going to be their game plan here, which is – and it, it can be really hard and really frustrating if they don't get turnovers and they don't make shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, to, it's going to be to try and rattle Virginia because Virginia wants to play at their own pace. Right. And, you know, how the game is officiated is very important. I don't know if you can speed up Virginia, though. Many have tried. <laughs> have, have many succeeded? No. Syracuse succeeded at the end of the Elite Eight game a couple years ago, three years ago, yeah. right? But, uh, one, you got to make baskets in order to set up your pressure. But, I mean, just in terms of pressuring in the half court, I do think that, you know, they're, they're running a, some ball screen continuity. I, I, I think that's easier to speed up, to heat up, if you will, yeah. than the traditional blocker mover they used to. Because the traditional blocker mover, they could, they could hold it for a while. This one, Tony's done an expert job of uh, putting it in and running it the whole year, but it's still not really what he knows. Right. And one of the things that coaches struggle with is when you're coaching something you don't know, you don't know how to fix it when something goes wrong. You know. Right. It's 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 like uh, it's like if you go and use somebody else's remote control, they're like, oh, here's the power, here's the. Here's how you get to the guide. Here's how you get the volume. Here's how you, all right. What happens? Oh shit! What happens if something goes wrong? I, and it's not my not my device, you know. So I generally agree. I think Virginia wins the game. Yep. And I I still think it's a magnificent accomplishment what Pearl's been able to do. I actually thought like, why isn't he a Hall of Fame coach? Right. He won a Division two national championship. Mm-hmm. Takes UW Milwaukee the Sweet Sixteen. That's look at look at right. UW Milwaukee since. Yep. Um, Tennessee. Uh, goes to Tennessee. They never uh, have they ever been to the suite? It's been years since they've ever been far. I think right. they went to like the Elite Eight. Yeah. Now he's at the Final Four at Auburn, yeah, and I mean, and people go, ridiculous. well, you know, he, you know, it's the barbecue. The, like, dude, the barbecue. Who cares? Serious? What? Not not just that, but like, 
we, we have guys in the Hall of Fame who've been accused of far right. worse, right? Right. It's a barbecue that they lied about to get Aaron Aaron Kraft, who, by the way, Aaron Kraft's awesome. I would have a barbecue for Aaron Kraft <laughs> if he too. wants to come play for me, too. <laughs> um, it's also in the SEC. Like, if the worst thing you're doing is having a barbecue in the SEC, right. like, you are not doing a good job right. of cheating. So, um, and, and I'm an anti-cheating guy, but I also completely respect him as a coach. Yep. And, and as Auburn. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that Auburn thought that they were anywhere close to ever contending for a Final Four. But I, I, I thought, but, I but, think. But here's the funny part they lose Mustafa Heron, better team. Mm-hmm. Michigan State, they lose two lottery picks, better team. You know? It's crazy. I mean, even, I mean, and look, I know Virginia lost in the first round last year. But last year they were awesome. Yeah, that was a good team. Yeah. And remember, like, they lost... Um, they didn't have DeAndre Hunter. People often didn't forget. Didn't have DeAndre Hunter. Really bad matchup. Team shot the eyes out of it. They got behind, blah, 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 blah. But they also... Uh, what's the dude's name at uh, Iowa State, who was their leading scorer this year? Uh, oh, Mariel Shayok. Mariel Shayok. Shayok just wasn't in on that style. He just right. couldn't... couldn't. It frustrated him. You know, they were addition by subtraction as well. Yeah. And so... Uh, and they had the other kid leave and go to Western Kentucky, mm-hmm. the other guard, uh, before last year as well. So all the, a lot of these programs, I mean, um, think Mich- about Kentucky too. Quad A losing Quad A Green. I thought that was the best thing that ever happened to them. It allowed them to identify. I, I think they didn't have an identity at the point guard spot, and when he left, it was basically like Ashton, this is your show, let's go. And I thought they succeeded from there. Right. He was so bad in that Duke game. Um, not not Ashton, uh, Quad A Green. Yeah. That and and bad at little things that 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 make the team look worse not getting back on defense coming in turning the ball over taking right. bad shots um and he was just i think you know it's one of those things where there's a kid who's probably started every game his whole life and now he's trying to prove himself a second consecutive year he yeah. really struggled with so a lot of these teams have some addition by subtraction that have been really good i was impressed with the auburn guards not only did they speed up kentucky's guards i thought they out toughed them and bryce brown and Jared Harper were ridiculous. No one could stay in front of Jared Harper. Like they put Hero on him with, uh, for a stretch in the second half, and he couldn't stay in front. And over time, he beats Ashton Hagens on a um, you know just a face cut, and then blows right by him when they're up four or five for a, for a layup. I, I thought the guards were awesome. So I I did their games. Uh, he's, Harper's a junior, right? So it was his freshman year. Random fact: he played high school ball I with know. Colin Sexton. I actually tweeted that yesterday. That's oh, funny. did you? Yeah. Colin was. Do you know how Colin Sexton became Colin Sexton? Well, it was the first game I ever saw Colin Sexton. He wasn't even ranked. Tory Pines. Yeah, scored. Um, I think forty-five in front of me. Had no idea who he was. Yeah, I was there to see Jared Harper. That's what my brother said. My brother was down there, and he's like, he actually might have been at the game with me. Yeah, I know Gershon. Yeah. Josh Gershon was with me. Yeah, so he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like Colin Sexton was like his backup. Mm-hmm. Jared Harper's hurt, so he doesn't play. We're down at Torrey Pines, and this kid Colin Sexton comes in, and we're like, holy shit, he's even better. No one in Georgia, like, barely, I know. I don't. Are you familiar with Justin Young? He's a big Georgia hoops guy. He had heard of him or knew him, knew of him, and seen him once, but like, he didn't have this big reputation he wasn't ranked alabama was the only school recruiting him at the time unbelievable it so is. so uh, he's a junior so uh, jared harper's no no colin was a junior that year yes when, uh, I, when I saw him he was a year behind him yeah. and then jared harper his junior year the year before hit the game-winning shot or free throws win state championship as well mm-hmm. and anyway bruce told me bruce was like what do you think of my point guard and i was like i was like well he's one of the greatest he's a great flopper like <laughs> unbelievable like he's going to get 
Uh, one thing about Kia Clark is going to get called for like three fouls guarding him. Right. No question. Because he does the throw the head back thing that they all do. He, he just a great flopper. Um, and I said, like, is he a true point guard? He goes, mm, probably not. He's like, I'm telling you. He's like our strongest guy, our toughest guy. He's like, you're going to love him. And I, and, and I watched him. I liked him that week. And then sometimes I don't like him. And then he'll have a great game. And he or Steve will text me like, did you see, my, uh, see our boy? And he's like, he's awesome. They, you know, he's, he's their heart and soul. Yeah. And then Bryce has really improved his toughness. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he was, when they first got there, when they first had him, it was like, is he just a shooter or whatever? Right. But he's become, and I, but I think that's feeding off of Jared. I really do. That's a good point. He made he made a couple of plays from the mid range area with Hero guarding him that I thought were key plays in that game. Is okay. Here's my question with the Hero thing. Uh-huh. Where do you take him? I think he's probably tracking in the eighteen to twenty five range. Yeah, what just, even surprised? Like, listen, the 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 tell me the American white wing that's starting in the NBA. Oh no, you're right. I don't I don't necessarily And I think right. he's got some shit to him that other guys don't have. Right. He's got some toughness and he's not afraid to try and guard people even when he can't. Um, he's got a swagger confidence to him. I think if you like him like you you're you're kind of liking him to like a, a Devin Booker coming out of high school. Now we didn't know Devin Booker was going to be this. I did. That when I called. Well, I did. I I get I, get, I knew he was good. I oh, not out of high school. I didn't know he was going to score back-to-back fifty-point games. No, no, no. But when I, he came out, like I and I talked to Cal that year. I went. I did one of their games. We had him as a five-star. Don't get me wrong. I didn't miss completely. No, I know. Yeah. But I remember he was the youngest guy in the draft. Yeah. Right. And he was like, Cal was just like, look, this guy just knows how to score, and he can really. Sh-. Remember, he shot the ball poorly. This is a perfect example of why it's hard to win with one and duns, right? Because just. Like, you look at Devin Booker's shooting numbers when he was at Kentucky. If you pull him up on your laptop, you're mm-hmm. like, holy crap, he shot terribly, especially down right. the stretch. They just do, like, freshmen just don't make shots. And then in the sophomore year, they come back, they start making shots. And yep. junior year, now they don't miss. And senior year, you know. He's, but if you watch the ball coming off his hand, it's like, um, who's like that? Uh, I think Iggy Brasdakis is a little like that for... Yeah, I, 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 I'm, he's not Devin Booker, right? But his numbers aren't as good as his actual you shot. You watch the ball coming off his hands, yep. and you're like, the ball comes off their hands differently. I thought Donovan Mitchell was the same way. He was always a better shooter than he showed nice in in college. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see that coming though. I mean, oh no, I didn't. I didn't see that either. I, I, I saw him play once in high school in Connecticut, uh, I, and I was like, uh, somebody, I'm trying. We went with a couple of buddies, and they were like, this dude's a stud. We well, didn't really take off until his his final summer at the end of the summer because he was hurt. He had a wrist injury, and he was he was never known as a shot maker. Like he was just an athlete, a kind of a bulldozer, but he was never known as a shooter. And then he just just developed it. The thing with Hero is in in high school, everybody just assumes that he's a, he was a shooter, and I think he's he's labeled that way. And he's white, right? And he's from Wisconsin, right? And he was always a scorer. Now he could shoot. But he was much better at attacking off the bounce. And I think we've seen that this year with the runners, the floaters, the pull-ups. But the shot has gotten better. Yeah, I, I don't think. like I don't like this. I mean, he makes them. I, I'm not sure I love his runner-floater game. Right. But I'll be interested to see how it – it's a lot like the R.J. Barrett thing. I'm just interested to see how it translates when there's more space. Yeah. Like, everybody says, like, hey, more space and offensively. Like, yeah. On the other hand, here's the thing about R.J. And this is – I'll get to Hero in a second. Is – 
more space, but also now you're gonna have to make deeper threes. And he's kind of mechanical on his three. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a little robotic, yeah. and he's not super loose in the hips when he's making moves. But I do agree he'll be a better player because he has good vision. He's got all the downhill stuff, and you know, lefties just find a way to get to the rim. I right. can't explain it. The hero thing is, like everybody points out, more space. Like okay, but. Defensively, you can more space is much harder to guard. For sure, it's much harder to guard. If you can't keep a guy in front, like you just can't play in that league. Anybody who says otherwise is totally kidding themselves. Nope, you're right. All those guys can really, really guard. Now, let's shift gears. You and I talked about this on your podcast and on the herd a couple weeks ago. UCLA, John Calipari, Seth Davis put out that UCLA offered him six for forty-eight. Yeah, six for forty-eight. Cal's making nine point two now, so they offered him a pay cut. That's UCLA, dude. Come on, it's UCLA. <laughs> they offered him a pay cut. I, I get it. I mean, obviously, you know they they've been saying that they're willing to invest more into their basketball program. But if you're going to go after him, at least give him more than he's making, right? Well, I I think, and I don't know. I mean, I I'm guessing that this had already been broached, right? And. That's why I put out that tweet the night before the tournament. Of course. And he probably already got his extension there. I mean, that happened right after you and I talked about it. So. Correct. And I would guess... I mean, we, as you said, we got him the raise. Probably. We did get him the raise. Uh, <laughs> Coach Cal, you can put the check in the mail to your boy Evan Daniels. Let's do five, 5% each. Um, <laughs> I was told it was like a huge number up front, like a $20 million up front mm-hmm. to try and get him. Which would make a lot of sense. Like when you look at the forty-eight, you're like forty-eight is not that impressive. But what if we put twenty million dollars in your account, and then you know we'll pay you whatever kind of as as you go, and then there's also some life insurance stuff you can do, which bumps up the value of it. Like I think it was more creative than that. Got it. Nonetheless, it does two things with UCLA. It makes them look. It makes them look frugal, even in a even in a place in which they're offering up some ridiculous amount of money that they've never offered before. Right? Like even when they're going to go and mm. shop retail, they're still trying to get a deal on it, <laughs> which is just the most UCLA thing ever. Right. Hey, we're UCLA. Like, hey, we don't care. Um, the other part to it is it kind of unzips their fly. And now all of these head coaches, now they want UCLA to talk to them. It's like, hey, if you got $8 million for Cal... You got eight million for right. for for Buzz, or eight million for um, for Mick Cronin, mm-hmm. or eight million for Tony Bennett. Yep. You know, even the nicest, best guys in the world that have no intention of leaving yep. would very much like a phone call from Guerrero today, so that they can go back to their boss and go like, "Hey, they were talking eight million dollars. That's that's I'll the going that rate. Too. Yeah. I'll take that too. And this way, I don't have to move. I really don't want to move, <laughs> and I don't want you to find a new coach. So." This reminds me of the DePaul search when they got Dave Lado, mm-hmm. where the AD or president at the time came out and said, like, you know, we're looking to spend $3 million. And so whoever she picked up the phone and called was like, it's $3 million, right? Like, no, no. Like, look, if it's $3 million for him, it's $3 million for me. Right. You have the budget for it. Let's do it. That's, let's do it. So they're going to end up overpaying for somebody. I just don't think that somebody's going to be Calipari. Yeah, I don't think. Probably not Tony Bennett. No, and I think they were waiting around for Tony Bennett, too. And I think now they kind of. I think they zero in on a, like a Mick Cronin or a Jamie Dixon. Now, Dixon's got a big buyout, but that's kind of where I After see After he it. just hired Wayne Broussard, that'd be weird? That'd be very weird. <laughs> that, would be, that would be very weird. There's a lot to play out. We've got, you know, everyone's assuming that Buzz Williams is going to end up at, at Texas A&M. That opens up Virginia Tech. Vanderbilt's doing their search, and they're looking. They're, they appear zeroed in on NBA guys. Like The more I... 
dig on it, the more I hear Jerry Stackhouse might be the guy. Didn't he just take a high school job? Well, he's a, he's assistant with the Grizzlies. Oh, okay. Who just took the high school job? Somebody, one of the other uh, G League coaches just took a high school job. I got to think of. Who does? Yeah, some. Um, I can't remember who, who took. It. Anyway, I mean, Stack coach. You know, the guy ran the, the AD ran the G League, and Stack yeah, won the so, G League. So I mean, I, I, I just don't know how that. Uh, well, I think any coach that comes from the NBA is gonna. They better hire the right staff from a recruiting standpoint. But it doesn't mean it can't be successful. I mean, I think Patrick Ewing's done a tremendous job at Georgetown, and he didn't come in with any type of recruiting pedigree. No, but he was also Patrick Patrick Ewing. True. And he's also Patrick Ewing at Georgetown. Whereas I know Stack the person, and he's great. Like, Stack's great. Mm -hmm. I've heard he's a really good coach, too. He is a good coach. Um, The question is, like, Vanderbilt's a little tricky, right? Like, that's a private school Mm -hmm. of academic repute. Right, you're you're not taking. You need to hire an assistant that has some awareness of the academic situation yeah. across the country because it's not easy. No, not easy to keep. But now, on the other hand, Nashville is is kind of a, a quiet little. I know football; it's getting bigger, and basketball; mm-hmm. it's going to get bigger too in terms of producing players. Yeah, it has. It doesn't produce great players. Uh, James Wiseman was from there. He yeah. spent, spent his first two high school seasons there, but it there's not a lot of. There's not Darius Garland's from there, but right. there's not a lot of other guys. So, Doug, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast, man. Thank you. Um, speaking of which, I, real quick, should they fire Bryce? Did they, should they have? Yes, I thought it was too soon. I mean, they did get worse every year. Yeah, and he did lose it, but on this in, was going to be the year, and Darius going down just threw, I, I, I it just threw them into. I, it they did they weren't prepared for it. And I, I'm not I'm not saying you can ever prepare for an injury, and maybe one player shouldn't affect your team like that much. You obviously shouldn't lose every SEC game. I thought they they should have given him one more year. That seems fast. Three years seems super fast. Yeah. And, and they have some great guys. Coming the off their best recruiting class, Aaron Aaron Naismith is going to be a first round pick, maybe next year. I, NBA teams were coming to Nashville this year to see him a lot. So I thought it was a quick trigger, but. I think it's a great school and a cool place. And um, the best thing they have going for them, outside of just being a good school and academic situation, is the city. It's yeah, amazing. Totally amazing. I'm biased because I live there, but no, it's incredible. I hope you bought several years ago. Before. Bought a year ago. Okay. If I had bought four years ago, in place I would have made a lot more money on it. <laughs> We'd like to once again thank Doug Gottlieb for taking the time out and jumping on the Sidelines podcast. Enjoyed that conversation. Before I let you guys go, I want to make sure that you are supporting the podcast. The best way to do that is to go to Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. I'm asking that you give us a five-star review and a rating. I would also love to know what you think about the podcast. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. The handle is at Evan Daniels. As always, thanks for listening and have a great week.